Today, the Senior Bowl dropped their annual watch list. We are two weeks into the NFL preseason, and in three days, we finally have college football to watch. We're going to talk about all that and more coming up next on the Draft Countdown Podcast. tonight's edition of the Draft Countdown Podcast. I'm your co-host, Brian Bosar. joined tonight by my co-host, Brad Menendez. And we'll tell you why Brad's in here in just a second. But first, uh, if you're going to watch this live in the chat tonight, drop us a question there and we'll answer it at the end of the show. If you're following along on Twitter or Facebook, ask a question there and we'll get to it. Or if you're a member of the Draft Countdown Discord, you can ask us a question there. If you're not, Go to draftcountdown.com, top right corner of the search bar there. There's a link to join the Discord. We would love to have you over there. And if you are watching this for the first time tonight on YouTube, go ahead and hit that subscribe uh, button. Hit the notification bell so you get notified when we go live. And if you're listening to this on the audio, just give us a subscription there and leave us a five-star review uh, wherever it is you get your podcast. Brad, man, thanks for coming in tonight. It is an honor. I will do my best Shane impersonation as always. Uh, I will bring the energy. I will have fun. It's going to be a great night, and I am always honored to be able to jump on with you, Brian. It's always a good time, my friend. Oh, I, I completely agree, but the reason you're in here tonight, Brad, is we got a new addition to the Draft Countdown family. Uh, not long after we finished the podcast last week, uh, Shane's wife gave birth to a beautiful baby girl, so welcome to the Draft Countdown family Evelyn May Hallam and uh, Shane, we hope you're getting a little bit of sleep at least, maybe just a little bit. Uh, maybe you'll listen to this podcast a little bit later while you're uh, in between uh, rest spells there. <laughs> it's always a great time when you have a new baby. Congratulations, Shane. Hopefully you guys are resting well and having a great time. Uh, it's It feels like for, you know, obviously you've been doing it a little longer than I have, but even for me, 11 and 8 years, it feels like it's, uh, it's, it's kind of flown by, but you know, these moments are always a blast. I loved being a parent early on. I love being a parent now. So have fun with it, Shane. We miss you, buddy. We'll see you back here uh, as soon as possible. Yeah, Shane will be back in a couple of weeks. Uh, Nino from Toilets of Titles is going to uh, pop on with us next week to uh, break down a little college football for us. But uh, Brad, filling in admirably tonight. But Brad, I've said it in the open, the main thing, uh, main topic tonight is the Senior Bowl. And the, they released their 2024 watch list. Uh, I believe they said this is the 11th year they've done this. And uh, it started in the Phil Savage regime and Jim Nagy and them have uh, kept uh, kept it going and it's stronger. And this is the biggest list they've ever dropped. Over 700 players on the Senior Bowl watch list this year. Uh, it go, it's a testament to me of how many players went back to school last year that they basically just carried over a, a large amount of players from their board last year and, and as well as add in a lot of new players this year. Well, and for those, I, I guess I would want us to back up just a little bit, but explain to the folks that may or may not know as much as as we as you do, because you're the man, I'm just a mere servant in your kingdom, sir. What is this watch list really? What's the goal with this watch list? And, and how, you know, what's kind of the general, how do we get from this watch list to the guys that show up down in Mobile with you what does that look like? So the, the Jim Nagy said it today as well. It's the senior tape is the biggest part of their evaluation. So there may be some guys, even as big as this watch list was, that may find their way to Mobile 
uh, in late January for the Senior Bowl. So just because your name's not on this list doesn't mean you're not going to play in the game. I believe they had a handful of those last year uh, ended up down here. But so basically there's 720, I think 720 players on their watch list. And that doesn't include specialists, by the way. So mm-hmm. you can add another, that's at least six names right there that'll be in in the game and mobile uh, that'll end up playing here. But they'll whittle that down to probably, I mean, I think 130 is the number we've been, we, we usually settle on when we do our predictions. So like 65 players per team. And that's because, you know, you get a lot of players hurt during the week or hurt, if you will, and don't end up playing in the game. So you got to have got to have the numbers and the bodies. But so and of those 130 players that ultimately will end up in Mobile, I mean, you, we talked about it before we went on there. Ninety percent of those guys are going to get drafted. So being at the Senior Bowl is where you want to be as far as the All-Star game, because you're almost virtually guaranteed to uh, end up being drafted and you are. 99.9% going to end up on a 90 man roster to uh, going into camp. So senior bowl is, is where it's at as far as all-star games go. So yeah, that's, that's kind of the importance of this watch list because if you're there, that means a senior bowl, if you're on that list, that means their scouts have watched you over the summer and thought enough of you to put you on this list to continue evaluating during the fall. Yeah, and I was fascinated. I mean, I, I probably have seen these numbers before, but when I started looking into it, when the watch list dropped, I, I, my first thought was, wow, not only is this massive, but how do we, how does this really factor into guys that get into the league? And then when you see the, you know, 106 guys last year, or in 2022 got drafted, you know, well, when 130 of them, 130 show up at the Senior Bowl and 100, you know, 106 of them get drafted, it's like, those are really good odds that if you get to the Senior Bowl, you're getting to the league but then when you look at this list, you're like, wow, this is massive. I mean, and then when you look at the players on here, I mean, you can tell Nagy and his team, not only are they amazing, but they really are digging in. I mean, they, you know, they got a kid from Gardner-Webb on there. I mean, they've got all sorts of the big schools, small schools. Everybody that is anybody is on this list, and, it, and it's really cool to see. I mean, my guy Grayson McCall's on here. He was my fit. When I saw him on the list, I'm like, yes, get him. I've been I've been loving him for a couple of years there at Coastal Carolina. I was surprised he didn't hit the transfer portal, but uh, you know, seeing guys like that on the list, it's like wow, this is exciting. Like you're, we're we're starting to lock in and get there. So I was a big fan of it. But the other question I had for you that I was thinking about as I, as we were getting as I was getting ready uh, for the show is, do you the other senior type bowl games that aren't necessarily the Senior Bowl is this? Do they have the most hype because you get more NFL scouts at this game than any other game? Like, what makes the Senior Bowl so much more special than any other event that seniors can go to or or guys can go to after the season? For the longest time, I mean, we're with at least the last fifteen years or so, this has been the hub of NFL activity. I mean, coaches got hired down here. This almost mm-hmm. became like like you know, we, a lot of business gets done, free agent business gets done at the combine. But a lot of coaching hiring business used to get done in Mobile. I remember when the Bengals hired Marvin Lewis. That deal got done in Mobile. Okay. No so that was that was a thing that ha- that ha- has happened in the past. Uh, not so much anymore. It's not because of the way the NFL schedule has changed a little bit. But with the other All Star games, you know, uh, you know, going back thirty plus years, it used to be players would play in multiple All Star games. Like they used to have the Hula Bowl was the you know, one of the bigger all-star games and they, their players would fly from Mobile to Honolulu. Like mm. they would and and play in both games. You don't see that as much anymore, but the Shrine has picked up a lot of steam in the last few years because they, uh, the last two years, because they've associated themselves with the NFL Pro Bowl week and they had played the game in Las Vegas. Now that's changing this year. I think they're still, uh, they'll probably, I think, in the rotation this year, last year was the first year the Senior Bowl didn't have full coaching staffs. The Shrine got those full coaching staffs. The Senior Bowl mm. got a cacophony of coaches, you know, from different teams. And I think that reverts back to the Shrine this year. So the teams with the two worst records will send their coaching staffs to Mobile as long as their coaching staffs aren't fired. So, right. so I think that reverts back to the Senior Bowl this year. Uh, but the Shrine will move this year to the uh, Star deal in Frisco, the Cowboys facility oh, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they'll they'll play that game there. But uh, they kept the schedule, so it kind of overlaps with the Senior Bowl 
as far as their practice days overlap and the Shrine Bowl game is played on Thursday night where the Senior Bowl and then the Senior Bowl is played two days later on Saturday. I know a lot of the NFL personnel don't like that, and I don't know if or when that will change, um, you know. But this is a big year for the Senior Bowl, not just because of this these great – I mean, I think the roster has a chance to be one of its most loaded in a long time with, the, as we talked about, a lot of the players that went back to school. Uh, but this is the 75th anniversary of the game. So they uh, – the we talked, me and Shane talked about it last week, the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl shut its doors. So the NFLPA, as from far as I can tell, just for this year, has come on as a sponsor for the mm-hmm. Senior Bowl – and they're doing it as a um, as part of the Senior Bowl week, where they're going to bring in a lot of the Senior Bowl alumni are going to come back to Mobile for this 75th anniversary celebration, and the NFL is helping coordinate that. So it's going to be pretty fun. And if anybody's watching this and they're a fan of college football, a fan of the NFL, a fan of the draft. At least one time, you need to come down here to Mobile because you do not get any more access, bigger access to this stuff than you do here. You're able to; it's free attendance to go to the practices. You know they have audit, like you can meet some of the players and stuff like that. It's it's really neat. And if you go downtown to the bars downtown Mobile, there's a highly good chance you're going to mix it up with some NFL coaches and stuff down there. That's cool. I mean, you don't get that kind of access anywhere else. Like, I'm, no. I'm near Indy, so I go to the Combine almost every year, check things out, and try to just be a part of what's going on down there. And you you don't get that kind of access. I mean, you'll run into people a little bit, but not like you do in Mobile. I mean, that's I, it's on my list of things to do, and my hope is this upcoming season would be the, would be the year to go down there. Plus, going down to Mobile in January is probably a lot better than Indiana in January. I'll just say that much. I, I don't disagree, it, but it, it has gotten it has gotten a bit chilly down here at times uh, during Senior Bowl week, and it's it's weird. You'll go one day it'll be twenty degrees here and wind blowing, the next day it'll be seventy sunshine, and it's it's wild the weather <laughs> down here in, in late January, early February. But I wanted to get into some of these numbers a little bit with you, Brad. Um, to no surprise, the SEC leads the way as they have had the most players drafted going back how long now? 20 plus years, uh, 178 players on this watch list mm. from the Southeastern conference. Uh, big 10 was second with 121. What really surprised me was the team or the school that led the way with the most players, the Ole Miss rebels, 20, 20 players from, from Lane Kiffin's roster on this Ole senior Miss. bowl watch list. Uh, you know, we 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 as uh, prognosticators might be sleeping a little bit on on uh, University of Mississippi a little bit. Well, and when you look at the players, I mean, they they have a solid roster of guys that are going to be eligible. I mean, when you think about the Zakari Franklins and Bentley, I mean, both sides of the ball has plenty of talent to go that could potentially go to the league. So it makes sense. That wouldn't have been my first guess. You'd have told me it had been, you know, the usual suspects, Bama or anybody in the SEC like that. But, I mean, the question's going to be, can Kiffin put it together, right? Can him and that coaching staff really take these guys to that next level? Because the talent's there. Obviously, Nagy and his team see the talent. Can they go to the next level? And I don't know. Yeah, you're right. Tennessee was second with 19. So. Joe Milton, baby. Joe Milton. And well, I want to talk about that in just a second. Uh, Michigan, 18 players uh, led the way in the Big Ten. Um, my guy, South Carolina, 16 players on this Senior Bowl watch list. How you feel I'm, about that? Try not to get my hopes up, Brad. Not going to lie. <laughs> try not to get my hopes up, but that is uh, that is a lot. Well, but when you think about the division or the conference this year, I mean, why not South Carolina really start to push? I mean, you got some talented kids on that roster. Alabama's still trying to figure out. I mean, you've heard Saban talk about the quarterback issue and that he's still not completely confident. I mean, there's there's some uncertainty there that why not South Carolina? Why not get excited? It all depends on one player. <laughs> and it depends on what I guess what he eats for breakfast every morning before the game decides how he plays in any given week. Cause the, I just want a consistent 
Ridiculously good Spencer Rattler. Give me Spencer Rattler from Tennessee and Clemson, and South Carolina can win the SEC. Yeah, he's got the tools. We've seen it, right? Now, can he work within the framework of this scheme to really do what he does best? Can they really unlock that version of him? I don't see why they can't. I mean, this system, when you think about the way Carolina does it, and you know it better than any of us, he should be able to be successful in this system. They have the talent. They've got at least, what, two or three receivers that are are strong contenders for being NFL draft picks this year. Tight end, that's decent. I mean, why not, right? So Skill I'm with players. you. I'm excited for you. Yeah, we'll see. Speaking of quarterbacks, Spencer Rattler and the like, uh, I know you looked over the watch list a little bit. Uh, they're going to go with six quarterbacks, generally speaking. That's that's the number three per team. If you could pick the six quarterbacks you would want to see in Mobile, hmm. who would they be? Well, definitely Grayson McCall. I mean, Rattler I would love to see. Like, I would love for his story arc to move us to where he gets to the league because he went from exciting prospect, up and down. Like, that's one of those underdog stories that that plays well. Plus, he's got the talent to do it. Um, so there's two that I would like to see. Um, Van Dyke from Miami. I liked him. I like his skill set. I like his mobility, or sometimes I do. Sometimes I feel like it might not help him because I think he relies on that a little too much sometimes. Um, gosh, who else do I think? Uh, kid from Kentucky, Leary. Devin Leary from Kentucky. I would love to see him get a little bit more spotlight on. Um, uh, I got to check Duke. Is Riley Leonard senior? No, he's not a senior. It's funny you say that, though. He was on the Shrine Bowl watch list. Oh, is he? I'm about to say but Riley Leonard's on, a guy that I like. But not on the Senior Bowl. And let me say this. If he is eligible, which I don't know, he could be. I guess it depends on if he graduates by December or not. Oh, that uh, could change. Then... I could almost guarantee you he'll be here as he played his high school ball about 30 minutes from here, maybe 45 minutes, depending Hometown on traffic. favorite is what I'm hearing. Correct. So Riley Leonard would be in Mobile if he were eligible. I don't know that he is. I mean, the, the, it's, it's some fun names that you could, that in any other year, I think would be here in a heartbeat. But I mean, I think it's going to be hard to not have Bo Nix here right. or Michael Penix Jr., uh, from Washington. I mean, those are two guys. You mentioned Tyler Van Dyke. I mean, if he has a good uh, a season like we think he could have, he would be one that I would love to see here. The name um, that I didn't mention, Keaton Slovis. What do you think happens with him at BYU? You think he has a chance? I, I think he has a chance because I know they love him. They were set to invite him last year. No kidding. And he went back to school. That's, that is, I, I've heard that out of Jim Nagy's mouth himself on a podcast. So, uh, I mean, but he's one of those where it's like, man, what has happened with him that, like, it's just, he's got everything that you look for, and then it's just been all over the place, you know. I mean, there's some other names kind of that you mentioned. Uh, I mean, K.J. Jefferson from Arkansas would be fun. Jaden Daniels at LSU. Um, Jordan Travis, Florida State is another one. That would be fun. If Florida State here. does what everyone expects Florida State to do. How do you not invite him, right? I mean, everyone, I've heard Hartman. a lot of people saying Florida State's going going all the way, winning the ACC, and and you know maybe losing a game or two. Like if if Travis really does lead a comeback from the Seminoles, how do you not get him down there? DJ Uyangale, I mean, is another one that would. Mm. It's just it's it's going to be this. It's going to be hard for them. To pair this down to six names, I, I, I can't wait to see it. But, well, and, uh, and it, I guess the question I would have for you is, do they go based on talent or production or hometown favorite? Like, how do they deter- how would they determine which six to bring? They're going to go with their board and stack their board how they are. Then they'll invite, and then you have players who will turn it down, or you have some that will go back to school. Like last year, they had invited Keaton Slopes. Bo Nix, these guys, but they all went back to school. So with some of the eligibility questions, you could still see some of those guys go back. And then it becomes, okay, is it then the quarterback like uh, Will Levis last year 
decided he didn't need to come to the Senior Bowl. Oops. Went well for him, didn't it? That, that didn't work out. So <laughs> that, so you have that, and so you have to get the, then the names start paring down a little bit from there. So we'll we'll see how it goes. I, I I'm I'm pumped up. This this watch list was stacked, and uh, the Senior Bowl I think is going to be loaded this year. It's going to be a good the, game for the 75th anniversary of the game, and hopefully I'll be on the radio call again. Uh, this will be I've done it three years in a row now uh, for the uh, local for the statewide broadcast of the uh, of the Senior Bowl. So hopefully I'll get that. They'll bring me back for year four. We'll see, but uh, looking forward to that. That'd be uh, awesome. Any, anything else on the watch list before we move on? I mean, we could spend a day, two, three days on this. I mean, there's just so many talented players, so many interesting names. I'm I, I'm really surprised. I think I was surprised with some of the smaller school guys that they got on there. But, you know, like when you think about like uh, Middle Tennessee had a guy in there, or, you know, Gardner Webb, like I'm fascinated and really impressed with Jim Nagy and his team on how they do, like that they were able to really – you know, because we have our watch list, but they've gotten through all these guys significantly and that they built. The, I'm just it's I was in awe. I was like, wow, this is big. Let me let me tell you the guys on this, the small school, school guys you really need to go back and pay attention to is the offensive lineman. If there's a small school offensive lineman on this list, those are the guys that always end up here and they almost always end up having success from Trevor Penning to uh, Quinn Miners. All these guys, the last few years, these guys have come in and uh, McClendon Curtis last year from Chattanooga, they've come in and had big weeks in Mobile and elevated themselves either to first round in Penning's case or, you know, draftable, you know, in the case of Curtis and, you know, some of the others. Was was Colby Sorstel at Senior Bowl last year? Is that where Detroit saw him? He was not. I believe he – I can't Maybe he went to the shrine. I can't remember. Was he, but, I was like, I felt like he was at a yeah. bowl game and I was like, oh, he was not at, he was like, not at the senior bowl that, that I know. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't, I don't think I've ever seen a William and Mary. No, I'm lying. DeAndre Houston Carson uh, was oh, that yeah. was down here. I do remember that should that. be a okay. trivia question to answer. We need to do a trivia night here. <laughs> All right. So let's move on. Let's move on to your realm here. Um, more than most, the NFL and preseason. We've gone through week two of preseason now. And I want to make this a fantasy centric because I that's I know that's in your wheelhouse. And I, I feel like we maybe we can talk about that this week more than, you know, I normally would. But in the first two weeks of the preseason, has there been any rookies that you've seen that stood out that you would draft in a standard 10 to 12 team fantasy league? Uh, So the thing I typically tell people is don't let preseason hype make you do things that you wouldn't normally do, right? Like the rookies have looked good. I mean, think about like Tank Bigsby. Tank Bigsby's looked great in Jacksonville. Well, ETN really hasn't had many reps. So how, what's the ceiling for a guy like that? I mean, he's, he's the handcuff. And he's probably playable at some point this year, but am I drafting him? No, he's waiver wire fodder. I mean, you have to think these rookie quarterbacks are going to be playable. Anthony Richardson is going to be drafted in fantasy leagues, your standard fantasy leagues, because of the rushing upside. I mean, you watched him in week one just crush a defender in Buffalo, just run right over him, and you're like, okay, that's ridiculous. Why would you? (laughs) First of all, tell your quarterback don't do that because you want to get him hurt. But, you know, so these rookie quarterbacks will be drafted. But outside of that, Zay Flowers has to be on a roster. Zay Flowers looks so good in Baltimore. And think what they have there, Rashad Bateman. Bateman is a fantastic receiver, can't stay healthy. Odell Beckham can't stay healthy. I mean, Devin Duvernay is depth at best. I mean, Zay Flowers is the guy that in this Todd Monken offense, I mean, he could be really – I know you don't like it as a Bengals fan, obviously. But, you know, Zay Flowers could be the receiver that they've needed for Lamar Jackson because he runs crisp routes – He's disgusting when you give him the ball. I mean, when you watch him against Washington, he was making Emmanuel Forbes look like a, you know, William and Mary cornerback. I mean, he just he just didn't look like he was ready for the competition. So those would be kind of the guys that I would look at. But outside of that, there haven't been a lot of guys that have been super impressive. But also, I don't buy into the preseason hype that much, you know. And so the quarterbacks will get drafted because outside of your QB1, those QB2s, I mean – you really look for upside, and these rookies have upside. I mean, Bryce Young 
if that offensive line keeps him upright, he's made some big boy throws so far. I mean, hitting Adam Thielen out on the flat well having a rusher in his face. I mean, he still put that dart on him to the, to the outside this last week, I believe, and it looked great. You know, if Bryce Young stays upright, should be solid this year. C.J. Stroud would be the one where I'm like, yeah, I'd probably draft him last of them because he's not looked as ready for primetime as Richardson with the mobility and Bryce Young with his just decision-making. He's reading. He, you know, Bryce Young's making two, three reads than hitting a guy. Has there been it like further down? Because I know you're in Debbie and Dynasty and stuff like that leagues. Further down, it, who has stood out to you in those formats? Um, more from the defensive side. Like uh, a guy that I loved was Mohamed Diabate. He's really looked great in preseason. He's probably not going to get much reps short of injury, but he's looked awesome in preseason. You know, so a lot of the defensive guys have stood out on the offensive side of things not particularly exciting i mean it really has been rookie quarterbacks and a couple of running backs and even that you know the unfortunate thing in preseason is these guys are getting reps because the starters aren't like when you look at detroit their offensive line is not played Goff hasn't played amon Ra hasn't played so yeah you're getting guys further down with reps you're not gonna see the field come week one unless an injury happens so that would be my thing and, and even when i do waiver wires in season most rookies aren't the next man up for teams unless they're, you know, unless they're a team that's rebuilding and they're relying on the rookies. So, you know, for me, I'm looking at Houston. I'm looking at some of their second, you know, the second year guys, John Mechie coming back from, from beating leukemia, you know, Christian Harris on the defensive side in year two. I mean, some of these guys that, that Houston drafted last year should take the next step this year and be a little more involved. But, you know, that's, Again, those aren't top of the list type guys. That's waiver wire. That's in a pinch. We'll see. We can't leave the NFL discussion without talking about 49ers quarterback. Is he still how much longer? Trey Lance. <laughs> Today. <laughs> Today. Uh, 49ers trade three first round picks to move up to draft Trey Lance. Now, I will preface this by saying I had a third round grade on Trey Lance. Most maybe people I was, did not have Trey Lance in the first round grade. Maybe I was too high. Um, I bet you didn't have Brock Purdy as a first round grade. That's I, for sure. I did not have Brock Purdy's draftable. I'll eat that <laughs> ill at this point. But I mean, but most didn't. Wasn't he a UDFA for San Fran? I don't think he was drafted. Was he was, he, or was he irrelevant. He was mystery oh. irrelevant. The last pick of the draft. Not so much now. No, he is not. So Brock Purdy's going to be the starter for San Francisco. They announced today Sam Donald's going to be QB two. What does that? What do we do with Trey Lance? Is is he? Do they find a dance partner and Brandon Allen stays as QB three, or do they keep him as QB three and release Brandon Allen? Well, when you look at San Fran, I mean, yes, last year is obviously going to be in the memory, and they're going to be nervous, like, hey, but how often are you really going through three quarterbacks in a C? I mean, that's, ooh, I mean, that was just really bad luck. I got to think somebody takes a shot on him. I mean, he was drafted in the first round. He has the athletic ability, but when you watch his pocket presence, I mean, you could tell a couple times in this preseason he was seeing ghosts at points. I mean, and he's making just weird reads, throwing to the wrong, what appears to be the wrong receiver. Obviously, I'm not a pro quarterback. I don't know exactly what his read was supposed to be, but when you watch, and I've rewatched and rewatched, and you're like, are you, did you, I don't think you made the right decision there. That just doesn't look right. But look at the teams that could use a quarterback, maybe a developmental quarterback. Look at the Seattle Seahawks. They've repurposed Geno Smith, who had been on the burn pile for 10 years, and then now he's a, you know, he's a Pro Bowl quarterback almost. I mean, so there's going to be a dance partner out there. You know, think about some of these teams like Arizona. Kyler Murray's hurt, probably going to be out for a few weeks in the season, maybe even longer. Do they trade in division? The Rams, Stafford coming back from injury, Stetson Bennett, is okay. I mean, is he better than Trey Lance? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, he's got the leadership ability, but Lance is a better athlete, you know. I mean, there's, so there's some teams out there that that could use a guy to develop, and maybe he could sit for a year or two. Why not, right? It's just crazy they spent three firsts on him. I saw someone on Twitter today mention Minnesota. I mean, back up to Kirk Cousins, sit and learn from a guy who does it all the right things. And Why then you not? have to think they're moving on from him 
after this season. What is he, so, 36, 37? I mean, he might retire yeah. if things, you know, I mean, who knows? Well, I think this is last year under contract as well. So, and you would have, yeah. in theory, potentially three years of contract with Trey Lance if you pick up his fifth-year option, which I doubt you would, but mm-hmm. just for the amount that it would cost. Um, last fantasy question, and it's a hypothetical here. So let's just hypothetically say you were someone who was in a one-point PPR league who was drafting 102, and that person's going to draft either Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson. Who are you targeting when you come back around at, say, pick the ninth pick of the second round? Okay, so it's 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 a it's not a snake draft. It's, it's a snake draft. Yeah. Oh, it is so, a snake draft. And I, and that person who may or may not be me is picking second. So, so is it super flex? Are you playing one quarterback, two quarterbacks, one quarterback, I mean, one quarterback? I mean, then I just take whatever next best receivers available probably if you want to go running back you could but with the way injuries have been hitting running backs and uncertainty i mean think about jonathan taylor we don't know what team he's going to be on if he's a colt anymore i mean dalvin cook going to new york messing with Brees hall's value i mean there's some uncertainty there where if there's a an elite level wide receiver there because maybe people started to run on running back or um if there's an elite level receiver because people started to run on running back I'm just taking, I mean, just double up on receivers. I mean, what if you are, you know, Justin Jefferson and, you know, your next favorite receiver, Debo, Ayuk, or whatever? I mean, you then are stacked at a position where PPR, one point PPR, comes in handy, you know, or, a, you know, I love Keenan Allen this year. This guy's going to be a target machine. I mean, you know, I would be perfectly fine stacking receivers if I needed to and then taking a dart throw, you know. Then you come back and you target David Montgomery because he's going to be the goal line back in Detroit. Or you target, you know, you target one of these running backs that there's some uncertainty. You know, maybe you take a spin on the Philadelphia Eagles wheel and you wait till round six, seven, eight and say, all right, well, I'm going to take whatever Philadelphia thinks is RB1, you know, whether it's Swift or Gainwell or whatever, you know. So I don't be I don't be married to making sure I feel I go best player and especially in a PPR format, whether it's receiver, running back or whatever. Good deal. Hopefully that helped. Hypothetically. Hypothetically. So uh, we mentioned earlier, college football is back, baby, Mm. this weekend with some tremendous football games. The primetime ESPN game this week, and I know you're going to be glued to UMass and New Mexico State. Primetime, 6 p.m. kickoff central on ESPN this week. And I saw the irony of, and this is the main problem with the pack, whatever they are now. Southern Cal with Caleb Williams at quarterback will be playing on a channel that nobody can watch against San Jose State, while UMass and New Mexico State are headlining on ESPN. Make that make sense. But <laughs> I mean, that more shows what ESPN's done. I mean, they, they need to do better. Maybe. Well, let's look at uh, myself and Shane have four games targeted for week zero that we're going to watch. And Shane will be watching uh, from Dublin, Ireland, uh, Navy and oh. Notre Dame going to kick off at one thirty on NBC. Um, Notre Dame, long, long list of players. We have nobody from Navy on our watch list, but Na- uh, Notre Dame loaded down with players uh, this year. Who are some Notre Dame players that, that you would look forward to and seeing this week? And why is it Sam Hartman and transition him transitioning to a big boy quarterback system? I mean, if anybody said anything other than Hartman, that would you'd be crazy. I, you know, I think honestly the most interesting thing for me is I want to see if Marcus Freeman can turn this team around, right? Like I know coaches aren't nearly as attractive as the player themselves, but Freeman, the team was really excited about when they when they elevated him into this position, and it's kind of been meh, results since. I think Hartman gives them that opportunity to really take this thing to the next level, but they've had quality running backs, receivers. They've had plenty of quality defensive edge rushers. I mean, the way Freeman's system works, he's had plenty of guys. He just hasn't had that signal caller. So I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see what Sam Hartman does. And then at the same time, it's like, okay, does Mark, does Freeman get another shot if this doesn't go well this year? Because it really, there really is no reason it shouldn't go well. 
Right. Um, I don't foresee him getting challenged much in this game, but it will be interesting to watch their left tackle, Joe Alt, uh, potential top five uh, draft pick next year. But, yeah, Notre Dame, big favorite in this game. uh, Probably shouldn't have too much to worry about. 4.30 p.m. on CBS Sports Network. I will be watching UTEP at Jacksonville State. Going to talk a little bit more about this game in a second. But uh, one player on the senior bowl watch list that we talked about earlier for Jack State is Clay Webb, uh, interior offensive lineman, fifth-year player, 6'3", 290. UTEP had a handful of players on the senior bowl list, and that includes their edge rusher, uh, Praise Amawule, who a big-time guy can get after the quarterback, uh, was on my list of top five, group of five prospects in this draft class, uh, top 100 potential player there. I believe is Amawule, and uh, they also had a quarterback on the senior bowl watch list, a six-year player, six three two and five, Gavin Hardison. Yeah, I think I think you're right there on the edge. With I am not going to try to butcher that name. You did an excellent <laughs> job with it, but the way the NFL has elevated the edge position is such a critical position. People are drafting guys probably ahead of where they thought they would have gone because edge position is so valuable. And and if we can continue to see him develop, I mean you've when you watched it, the little bit that I got, I didn't watch a lot of UTEP last year. I think I only watched maybe three or four games. But when you watch the games, he stood out. I mean, the way that he can come off the edge, got what looked to be good burst. It looked like he had good bend. I'm like, if we can continue to see that this year, I mean, he really, I would be excited to see, you know, UTEP edge rusher called day two, you know, middle of day two somewhere. That'd be great. Next game on the list is, 6 p.m. on FS1. I'll be on this one as well. Ohio at San Diego State. Uh, Big news coming out this week is Ohio's fifth-year quarterback, Curtis Rourke, going to make the start coming off the eighth torn ACL in November, but will start this game. And he is an intriguing prospect, 6'5", 216, and was one of the better, probably maybe the best quarterback in the MAC last year before the injury. Uh, His brother – just signed back in the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't, was uh, it with Jacksonville? Yes. Uh, Nathan Rourke. Uh, yeah. After yeah. after a after having success in Canada, uh, came back in. Uh, so that's his older brother. San Diego State, not the laundry list of prospects that they usually have. Uh, a couple DBs a whole, though, right? Uh, their main DB transferred, and oh. their other DB transferred. A lot of tr- they got hit by the portal pretty hard. Patrick McMorris safety transferred up 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 the uh, Pacific Coast Highway to Cal there, and um, so it's not a lot of prospects there for San Diego State. We'll hit that game a little bit more in a second as well. And I mentioned earlier, seven p.m. on the Pac-12 Network. Shane will try to find this game to watch it. San Jose State at Southern Cal. This game is obviously all about the Trojans' prospects here, of which there are many and none more so than quarterback Caleb Williams, who I know you are familiar with, Brad. Yeah, I mean, I feel bad for San Jose State. This is probably going to be uh, the proverbial walk in the park for, for Caleb Williams and company. It sh- this really should be one of those years where Caleb Williams just kind of just dominates and proves why he's probably going to be you know number one, number two overall in the draft this upcoming year. Uh, it's probably a good thing for San Jose State that they're on Pac-12 Network so that a lot of people only see the highlights and don't have to watch this thing because, I mean, it's it's going to be tough. I mean, because USC is good on both sides of the ball. It's not like they have just a strong offense. They've got some some talent on the edge. I mean, they've got uh, what, Corey Foreman's over there. They've got some DBs that are exciting. I mean, this should be a tough one for San Jose State, and it should <laughs> it should look very good for, for Caleb Williams at the end of things. I, I agree. Uh, quick question for your dynasty and Debbie. Uh, what, what's the word coming out on the running back room at Southern Cal? And how does it looking for former Gamecock Marshawn Lloyd? I mean, he's kind of the name to keep an eye on. Like that, He's been the one that's been most rostered, but he was most rostered back in the Carolina days. I mean, that's people got him then and then. You see him go to the USC, and it's like, okay, if he doesn't see the lion's share of carries this year, I'll be surprised. I mean, because he is the most talented of the backs in that room. 
and it's really not close. I mean, obviously that's personal opinion, but I'm a big Lloyd fan. I have him a couple spots, and and he really, I mean, this offense is perfect for him. I mean, he can do, he should be able to do it all. Yeah, I was really, I hated to see him and Jordan Birch both transfer out to the West Coast there. I thought those two could have been key for South Carolina this year, but going, I'm not going to sleep, by the way, on a handful of players for San Jose State. Chevin Cordero, their quarterback, is a solid, uh, solid player. Uh, I, I, Became a fan last year of their running back, Kyrie Robinson, and their tight end, Dominic Mazzotti. So a couple of guys, you know, if, if anybody who watches that game, if you want to look for a couple of San Jose State players, there's just a handful of names. Well, San Jose them. State's produced some NFL caliber running backs over yeah. the last 10 years. I mean, it's not uncommon for them. Right. Agreed. And, uh, and tight ends as well, for that matter. So Right. Absolutely. So something to watch for there, San Jose State. Uh, big underdog. There. Yes. Big underdog. Um, that brings us to our fun gambling segment this week. Uh, I got Shane's lock of the week here. And Shane's lock of the week this week is the Ohio Bobcats. Getting two and a half points or two and a half point underdogs on the road at San, San Diego State. Shane says give him the Bobcats. I am going with the other game we talked about earlier. Jacksonville State, a one point underdog at home. Debut of Rich Rod in at Jacksonville State at the FBS level, their first game. Give me the upset here for the, the other Gamecocks, Jacksonville State, plus one underdogs at home. That's the two locks of the week, so get them in. You mean you guys weren't touching uh, Hawaii and Vanderbilt or any of these others, eh? <laughs> I did look. I did look. And Hawaii coming this far onto the mainland, first guy, uh, I, I wasn't uh, – wasn't really feeling that. <laughs> you were like, oh, I'm not going to touch that. I mean, those are both good choices. I mean, I'm sure Jacksonville State is going to play harder at home, getting their raucous crowd involved. And, I mean, it just, you know, home games, I never want to bet. I mean, you know, I never want to, especially in week zero, anything's possible. Yeah, nobody knows anything. Except USC is going to definitely steamroll. So that's about the only thing I do know for sure. And Notre Dame should do the same as well. Agreed. Brad, I wanted to, while I've got you here, I'm just always curious to hear how other people do these things, but what is your in-season routine like on a weekly basis? So I DVR as much as humanly possible. Uh, Typically what I'll do, and especially now that I've been writing and and creating more visual video content, um, I try to break up my day and, and, and pick important games, but then also pick games that I know may not get a lot of attention. So uh, because of what we do here, we like to try to shine a light on some of the smaller prospects and some of the smaller guys. Like last year, I think my one of my first articles was about Fresno State. You know, I was writing about Jake Hayner. You know, so I try to look and, and try to find not only where's the good story, but, but who's producing, who looks the part of an NFL prospect and from my perspective. So I break up my day. You know, and, and I try to fit a little bit throughout the day of watching the different games, some important ones and then some smaller ones, because, you know, all the big guys are look, are talking about all the big, big names. I want to see the guys further down. Who are the day two, day three prospects that we can shine a light on here at Draft Countdown and really bring into that into the fold and maybe get people thinking about, you know, uh, so I'll watch if I can actually get the film, you know. Pac-12 network I do not have access to. So there's no way I'm seeing that. But, you know, I like to spend a little bit of time each day looking through a lot of the smaller school and then hitting some of the big guys as well. Uh, And that's typically every day. I mean, in season, I mean, I'm grinding film pretty much all day. I mean, I'm not a scout, but I'm watching and observing. And then I go and I like to follow guys online, whether it's Twitter or YouTube, that are breaking film down. Like uh, I came across, and he hasn't done a lot up until recently, but former quarterback JT O'Sullivan has a YouTube channel where he's breaking down quarterbacks and quarterbacks and offensive linemen are things that I've been really trying to grow at getting better at scouting because I felt like for the longest time I was pretty solid on the defensive side. And I felt like I had a good handle on, on how to see what makes a good NFL player potentially, but quarterbacks and offensive linemen, I always felt like, okay, what am I missing? Cause I think a guy looks apart and then he just doesn't. So, uh, 
and and I think that routine changes as I as I've spent more time with you guys as well. Because watching you and Shane in action, it's like I got to step my game up. These guys are these are the big <laughs> boys. These guys are doing it. I don't know about all that, but yeah, it's uh, DVR is a is 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 the tool. I have a I have a DVR. I mean, I DVR as many games as I can, and mm-hmm. I have a uh, the way I do it. I have a um, the co- composite cables into my computer and I'll just, I'll cut the games up play to play. And that's how I'll focus. It's nice. a, a way for me to focus, so to speak, Chunk instead of just, just, just watching it like that. But yeah, I've been saying I hadn't had DVR. I, we did YouTube TV and that's the first time I'd gotten DVR. And I was like, Oh, this is fantastic. And you can, you know, with YouTube TV, you can just select, I want every NCAA game that's on any channel that I have. And you know, you got, 5,000 sports channels, so it's DVR and everything. I mean, there's times where I feel like I don't have enough hours in the day to watch because it, just, it gets you so many different games. And uh, it's DVR has been huge bless, especially because I'm not professional. <laughs> like, I'm not a pro scout, so <laughs> I don't have access to that that seedy underbelly world of tape that the scouts have, so oh, I got to do it the old-fashioned way. The, the seedy underbelly, baby. Yeah. I mean, I, it's only where I wish I could be. I mean, these guys, like – when you watch any of the – I love watching a lot of the teams will put out footage during NFL draft season. Like, you know, my Lions do a lot of different videos during draft season, and they'll talk to area scouts, and they'll, t- you know, and just watch the way that they work and the way that they take things apart. And it's like, that would be awesome. I mean, the traveling, I'm sure, would be tough because I've got a family, but they, that's just awesome how they're they just have access to so much footage, and it's like, lucky. Agreed. All right. So we didn't get any questions in the chat or on Twitter or Facebook that I saw, but I did have a question from something I saw Brett McMurphy uh, tweeted out earlier this week. University of Memphis is running a campaign, if you will, uh, where if you buy a ticket to the game against Bethune-Cookman, $60 ticket, if they win, then you get a ticket to the next home game, free and this will continue until they lose the home game huh i thought this was a a, just a neat way to drive up attendance uh for a game against bethune cookman so i pose you the question brad when does the free ticket train run out here's their home games for memphis this year in the aac they open with bethune cookman then they play navy They're winning both of those. I think so. Then they get Boise State at home. That'll be a tough one. Out-of-conference game. Then they play Tulane at home, the defending Cotton Bowl champions. USF at home and SMU at home to close close their home schedule out. I think they're losing The first two will be free. (laughs) Yeah. You'll get the first two games. You'll get get them for 30 bucks a piece. After that, it gets a little dicey. I mean, Boise State, okay, they, they it could go either way. I'd like If somebody wanted to argue that I could see him beat no, Boise State, it's like, oh, oh, maybe. But I don't know. I mean, after that, Tulane, I don't see him beating Tulane. No. Maybe USF, but they, I don't think they'll beat SMU either. Yeah. Yeah, I never want to count USF out because it seems like when I pick against them, they win. So uh, I will not bet against USF. But, yeah, I mean, the rest of that schedule – the cool thing, though, is that's awesome early season to get people excited about your football program, right? I mean, you don't see people do things like that. But doing those types of things, I mean, everybody should do stuff like that or do different types of ways to drum up excitement. I know the big boys don't have to because everybody loves them. But, that's, I mean, that makes that makes fans. Like, people get excited about that because then you think about the little kid that goes with his parents because they got a ticket and, you know, and that's – that's college football right there. I mean, just right. how you continue to build that legacy. And I love to see here. I hadn't heard that, but that is awesome. Yeah, I, I thought that was really neat. Uh, a way to try to, to, to spice up a little bit of interest at the Liberty Bowl there for, for Memphis. Um, I mean, yeah. That's going to do it for tonight, Brad. Uh, final thoughts on anything we've talked about tonight and anything else you want to want to get out there? I mean, I feel like I'll spend the next week going through this senior bowl list. I mean, there's just so many. Like, I was amazed by it, and and I will continue to say it that what Nagy and the guys have been doing, it's just amazing. Like, I'm, it's exciting to see as they continue to grow the senior bowl and, and grow what they're doing over there. But 
I mean, just to think about all these names that, that are on this list this year, I mean, this could be the best senior bowl we've seen just talent-wise. If Even if just a majority of the guys that they invite show up and they get a few of the bigger names that say, no, nah, I'm not going to do it, this is still going to be probably arguably the best roster they've had. And uh, and otherwise, I'm just here for it. I mean, football's back. College football's back. I mean, I've been loving the preseason. This is this is going to be a great season, uh, and, and I'm just here for it. Yeah, it's it's going to be awesome. Uh, like I said uh, we 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 get a little we get a little palate, a little taste of it, a little the appetizer, if you will. Uh, this <laughs> it's week. a weak appetizer, but it's an appetizer. It's it's not strong. It's not strong. <laughs> this this is this is the the frozen fried calamari at the Chinese place, man. This that's what this is. This is, uh, of of appetizers. This Minus week. the after effect. We won't go there. <laughs> we may you may end up there too we don't know i'm about to say you may need to put out a list of the best restaurants to eat in mobile that may need to be what you do so that we know where to go and where to eat i i actually i've already done that uh oh, did have that you? last i did that last year for the uh toilets and titles crew uh oh. that, that they, they sent a word document or a uh, google sheet and <laughs> asked That's me awesome. to fill in the blanks so i, took I love those the, toilets and titles guys i actually yeah. i was I did a little stuff with them uh, just a few months back, and I'm, I'm doing a draft with those guys. So it's titles guys are pretty awesome. Those are those guys are a blast. I like uh, I like those fellas. Yeah, it was awesome meeting all those guys uh, down here last year in Mobile. But uh, my final thought of the night, Brad, uh, you're you're taking on an expanded role here, at draft countdown. You're going to be doing a little bit of the social media for us, and uh, that's why the next thing I say when I tell you to subscribe to that YouTube channel, it's because Brad's going to be chunking up a lot of stuff. And uh, getting those, uh, getting a lot of the shorts and uh, cutting up some of these uh, podcasts and stuff to go up on the YouTube channel. So we'll look forward to that. So if you're not already a subscriber, like I said, uh, subscribe to the Draft Countdown on YouTube. Hit the notification bell so you get notified every week when we go live. Uh, You'll get that notification for that. And, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, we're ready for the season. Brad, you, uh, Miranda, Paul coming on with us this year, yep. along with myself and Shane. It's, it's going to be daily content from here until mid-May. So get ready for it, everybody. Yeah. Thank you for everyone. You guys are the reason that we get to do this. So thank you for everyone who takes part, who likes a video, who reads an article, who says a kind word or a crazy thought in the chats and Discord. Don't forget to go to Discord. We've had some great conversations in Discord. Whether you want to talk about football, video games, or in-game content, I mean – we're here for it, and, and we're glad to help you guys and, and do whatever we can to help make football fun because we're all in it together. That's right. So for Shane at home, for Brad, for myself, thanks for watching tonight, everybody. See you next week. <laughs>